also look at the reasons for wanting to better educate your palate because there's no such thing as I've judged with thousands of different judges. None of them have the full spectrum. None of them are experts in every single area. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of this. And this is Brews News Week, our regular wrap-up of all that has made news in beer this week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me to take a good hard look at the news, the views, and some of the issues are the founder and editor of Australian Brews News, Matt Kierkegaard, and H reporter and senior journalist Claire Burnett. G'day, guys. Morning, Morning. Pete. Morning. How are we travelling? Not too shabby. Yeah, we're doing That's okay. One. We're doing okay up here. How, how are you down there? Day 200 of lockdown? Yeah. <laughs> As I say, when you're mentally, you stay in lockdown. Uh, <laughs> you live that. When it, when it actually happens, it, it's just, just another day. <laughs> Right, I will. I, I, I've been getting a lot of mileage out of one of uh, your favourite sayings: "Red thoughts into green thoughts." So, yep, that's come up quite a bit this it week, has. actually, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's always, there's always something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been jabbed this week, everyone. If you haven't been jabbed, have a look. Go get a vaccine <laughs> See if you can. Good Vaccinated, stuff. she means. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Thank you for translating there, Pete. Appreciate that. Well, Jab. I just wasn't sure if it meant something different in. Yorkshire. <laughs> it could do. It could oh, do. Really? It's, been, it's been many moons since I've been back. Things might have changed. Getting better NBN reception now. Or... <laughs> <laughs> I was worried I that she may not be available for the podcast because she's had the AZ and it's the first jab dun, of AZ dun, dun. that can sometimes uh, give you the wobbles the next day. I'm all right, actually. It just, it's really sore. It's really sore. I'm really, my arm's really sore. But I feel fine. Maybe a little bit doolally, but. A little bit usual. what? Doolally, have you never heard of Doolally? Never heard it. But, you, but then again, as we've established, you might just be mispronouncing it. <laughs> I could, yes. <laughs> no, it is, no, that is a common occurrence. <laughs> uh, some of my, my English ancestors used, used Doolally back in the day. There you go. Thank you, Peter. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shall we get on? We've got a bit of news to get through, okay. although we did get, I know we're not quite below the fold or, or into the mailbag just yet, but we did get one comment from a, a, a regular listener who was very impressed with um, how quickly we pout through the news last week and then still managed to make it over an hour. G'day to Joe, our uh, wonderful producer. Yes, she said the same thing too. <laughs> yeah. give, give us your address, Joe, and we'll send you out a bar blade. <laughs> for, for that comment. A regular listener, like not... Not through her own <laughs> initiative. Whether she, she has would choose to, to she's actually <laughs> yeah, paid to. Exactly. <laughs> well, in the in the same way that you know we have some sponsors, she's our technically our only sponsored listener. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a we beautiful way of looking listener. at it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, she's worth uh, it. So yeah. Not as much to get through this week, but we've got a little bit left over from last week, and I'm sure there'll be a bit of discussion. So let's. There's cross plenty of live. feedback from last week's episode. Yes. <laughs> oh, is there? Okay. I look forward to hearing That's it. Good. Uh, we cross live now to the Australian Brews News Media Centre for a wrap up of stories making news in a beer this week. And Claire, we begin with what's rice? Rice lagers go craft. I know. God forbid. Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, White Bay uh, in Sydney, 
Uh, White Bay Beer, uh, they have launched a rice lager in partnership with Lotus Dining Group, which does a lot, I think it's um, predominantly Asian cuisine in the Sydney area, New South Wales. They've launched it, uh, it's a 20% rice lager, um, following, obviously not new, this isn't the first one ever done ever in the craft industry, um, Heads of Noosa, Yulee's, just a few of the people that have given it a go, um, but we just thought it was an interesting one and ties into um, some interesting things we've been discussing recently about um, craft brewers moving into areas that are very much um, considered mainstream beer. Hashtag postcraft. Hashtag postcraft. <laughs> there you go. Although I'll, I'll make one exception to that and I'll, I'll make it um, Prof's unsponsored beer of the week for this week. Um, it, Rice Rice Baby, which uh, was designed by a good friend of the program, Jane Lewis, at Two Birds. Mm. And far from, it incorporated rice as many other beers have over the, the passing term, you know, lightening the body and all that sort of thing. But this was... In, the, in this kind of vein, same vein, inspired by and designed to be drunk alongside Asian cuisine. Mm. Uh, it had coriander, it had lemongrass, but it was basically, yeah, it was a, it was a rice-based uh, lager-style beer, but with these beautiful kind of aromatics. Oh, and and mm. again, this article's absolutely not having a dig at the rice lager trend it's just an, an interesting you know another loop that's closing where 15 20 years ago you know fizzy yellow liquid was the um, criticism for mainstream lagers um, and ones that used adjuncts to lighten the body and we are now seeing craft brewers embrace exactly that style and uh, you know I, I recently had one that uh, at slipstream ian watson um, brewed one there that he was basically modelling, I think, on Budweiser, you know, um, <laughs> trying to make, you know, a craft version of Budweiser, which is the biggest, you know, uh, mainstream lager internationally, um, you know, lightening the body. You know, it, it's just, it, it was just an interesting industry trend that we are seeing it. And how do you, you know, when you are, as we've discussed in the past, inefficient um, compared to the mainstream brewers and so your product is going to be more expensive for something that is not even purporting to be anything different in terms of the liquid how do you do it and is there a market for it and why are brewers doing it so that's why that was a really interesting um, article to uh, to, to uh, dig into yeah somebody who uh, Claire I don't think has ever made a rice lager although <laughs> I'm sure they have the talent to do it award-winning uh, 15 years of Burley Brewing this year Yep, absolutely. So 15 years in the business, founded in 2006 by uh, Peter and Brennan Fielding. They've been on uh, the Beers of Conversation podcast before, but they're just a great bunch of people and a really interesting business. And they're, this year they're about to undergo another expansion. So they did their last one in 2015. Uh, and now they're looking to expand the brewery to the point where they could make uh, 10 million litres annually. Uh, so they haven't, they've said very specifically, they aren't going to that straight away, um, but they're just expanding to be able to do that at some point. Um, but it was a really great chat with Peter. She was, we all, it was wide ranging. It really could have been a beer as a conversation, but we'd already done a beer as a conversation <laughs> yeah. with her as well. Um, but it was just really interesting to see uh, how she, felt that they'd come along uh matt got a little uh, shout out as well because they were all knocking around in 2006 trying to make people drink craft beer when all they wanted to drink was peroni <laughs> yeah that was it was so, nice at all you yeah, know, I, yeah. I, feel, I feel a bit funny including you know a, a, a self-reference yeah yeah so um, if you mm. did it yourself then i'd be like matt how big's your head <laughs> 
Um, but no, congratulations to them. They've always done an amazing job. Um, we spoke about all sorts of things, um, employment, how to keep staff happy. Uh, we talked about how to get national ranging, how to maintain that. Uh, so yeah, it's a lovely little chat and loads of great pictures of them from back in the day and like all through their um, just progressing through the years. So that was, it was a really great one to do, actually. They put out, I saw a, a nice little video of sort of um, you know, life at Burley kind of thing to celebrate their the anniversary, um, which was just a nice little insight into, I guess, you know, the how important the people are. Um, you know, you can have all the shiny stainless in the world and the, and the best equipment and processes and all that sort of thing, but it's the, the people that really kind of make it. And uh, if you haven't, go back and listen to the Bureau's Conversation with Brendan and Peter. I've spoken to Brennan and Peter individually over the years, but it was the first time I'd spoken to them together. Um, that was last year or at the start of this year? Ooh, start of this year. Start of this year. Um, just to, to chat because they have been, you know, quietly going about their, their business um, in terms of growing to, to the size that they are now. And they've never, whilst being craft brewers and as Peter says, trying to get drinkers 15 years ago to drink what they were making. At the same time, they've never really, you know, hung their helmet on being the leaders of the crazy um, beer movement. They've just tried to you know, move that notch um, and they've, they've just done it really effectively. And, you know, to, to see them have that growth and that constant, uh, you know, growth is, is a really pleasing thing. And speaking, Matt, of uh, a post-craft world, uh, probably one of the pioneers, uh, Burley, with their big head no-carb beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was the thing. And, and, look, a hand, hand up. Um, I, I was very critical in, in, in the, you know, craft beer is a pure um, thing, you know, God, that would have been 10, 11 years ago that they um, created the no-carb uh, beer. Which... God, what have they been doing podcasts that long? Uh, you well, yeah, 10 years. Uh, yeah, Crap, 2011 was the first, August 2011. Actually, we must be up around the, Oh, this is how much we suck at this. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it would almost be, it was August uh, 2011. So happy anniversary, guys. Uh, but um, anyway, um, yeah, and I, critical, you know, because that was in, you know, craft beer was meant to be moving the dial in terms of flavour and they came out, but it's been something that has enabled them to grow and create a lot of their other beers. Um, and funnily enough, um, Ballistic came out this week uh, with the bold claim that they're Australia's first no-carb or low-carb craft yes. beer. And I'm that going, was oh, questionable. Guys, I, just, I, I think you might have been beaten to the punch. Um, Quite a while first, ago. Not even the first Queensland brewery. No, <laughs> no. So anyway... Um, but we'll, we might get back to that in uh, Below the Fold. Cool. All right. Uh, next now. Uh, uh, Coles Liquor have uh, released their uh, quarterly results, Claire. Good reading for beer drinkers? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, Coles shareholders? Well, interesting because they did release their full years at the same time. So um, over the full year, $3.5 billion, uh, in revenues, which is... So it just sounds crazy to me, but that is an increase, um, and they increased their EBITDA as well. So looking good in the bottle shop front, but in their like last quarter, so their fourth quarter of the year, um, actually sales revenue decreased by six point five percent. So we've had a lot of discussion in the industry, and 
anti-alcohol lobbyists have weighed in talking about you know how alcohol consumption is really increased and it's only been maintained even as the the major lockdown uh, ended and we're just having these slightly smaller ones um but basically what they're saying is you know everything is leveling out to the point back not going back to the way it was, but it's levelling out a little bit. Um, we're not seeing as m- many people as uh, buying from bottle shops as before. But interestingly, um, despite that decrease in sales revenue um, in the fourth quarter, it's still uh, 79%, I think, um, increase in e-commerce. So it's just interesting to see the different ways that consumers are buying alcohol uh, and we'll just keep an eye on that going forward but it's always good to find out what the bottle shops are doing what they're saying uh, because you know so many of our brewers are in them uh, want to be listed in them so it's always important to keep a keep an eye on what they're up to and I think too it shows that people like and I'll use Dan Murphy's as an example that has a very strong online e-commerce presence mm. um, whereas I don't think Coles really does Yes, exactly. Coles is the us too yeah. um, of, of the liquor world. You know, <laughs> Woolworth seems to be much more sophisticated, much more switched on, yep. much more, you know, moving quickly on any trend, whereas mm-hmm. Coles seems to just be whatever, you know. <laughs> they dare, see what they do and then they dare do Dare I say the Coopers of... <laughs> you know, oh, brilliant. What a you comparison. Know, um, not necessarily yeah. the innovators, but uh, when they, you know, five years after something has become established they sort of say hey this is a good thing let's jump on it as well <laughs> and uh, um, yeah so uh, we'll the, the interesting thing is how big online is becoming when you look at you know things like um, uh, beer cartel putting a 20 million dollar valuation based on what they hope will be their growth because they're competing against much bigger players yeah um, well yeah they can't compete with a billion in EBITDA, like, and they're spending one point five, one point four billion in the next year on improving those platforms, on improving store formats and things like that. So that's the kind of money that people like Coles are playing with, and we laugh at saying that Coles is like the Coopers, like this little brother of um, Endeavor. But that's the kind of money they have to play with compared to someone like Boya Cartel, who's much absolutely. More. And uh, we're starting to delve into below the fold territory. No, yes. no, oh, no, no, no. I was just going to jump on something else. Um, but we, we might, if we've got time, um, we might come back to that in uh, below the fold. Cool. Stick a pin in it, and we'll uh, circle back. Uh, I think it might have been Matt Kugigat actually, who once said, "You know, the fifth ingredient is time." <laughs> oh, no, no. He commented that perhaps it wasn't the fifth ingredient, but um, as you do know, good things take time. Um, the beers coming out of Mountain Culture have taken 10 months. They must be absolute belters. <laughs> the, de- the development process for their production facilities taking 10 months. So actually, I think that's quite uh, a that's short amount of time. That's not too bad because yeah. it was, they only decided to build the... Um, yeah, like at the end of last year. During lockdown because yeah. of the lockdown dilemma. They managed to turn it around mm. really fast considering so much stuff has gone wrong um, and freight has been delayed and they couldn't get a lot of people... Um, over to commission things and install things that they needed so they had to sort of make do with um, lots of I say make do that sounds harsh but um, they weren't they wasn't their intended uh, the the intended people there weren't a lot of people that were necessarily qualified to install the kits they've got or um, sort of um, make those visions that DJ McCready had um, come to life. Um, but they, he was so complimentary. He was like, we got loads of local plumbers in and we, they just made it happen. They looked through all the manufacturers, um, like manuals and catalogs and everything like that, and they really went to town on it and made it happen. Uh, and I think that was just a really lovely um, snapshot of this whole development process because it could have gone 
on way longer than this. Um, but obviously, Mountain Culture doing really well. We spoke uh, last week about them getting a top five globally on Untapped uh, for Be Kind Rewind. Um, and so this is just going to allow them to fulfill these orders. They've got hundreds of accounts that they just can't fulfill across all the way from Queensland all the way down Melbourne across the um, Nullarbor all of that uh, so I think this is just they're finally breathing a sigh of relief that they can fulfill those orders and they don't have to disappoint anyone anymore um, but it was really funny because I said right well where are you going to stop like are you is are you going to turn into a massive brewery when we first spoke about mountain culture they were like now nah, we're going to keep we'll probably keep it to like a little brew pub in Katoomba and you know we just <laughs> we just want to keep it like relaxed for now and live that lifestyle and then <laughs> two years later TJ's got a 25 pack <laughs> premiere and he's like churning it out um, so he was basically like yeah no we keep changing the goalposts and stuff um but you know if the demand is there why not um he said his only cap is if he ever wanted to pasteurize i said would you ever pasteurize he says absolutely not I said, never, sir. <laughs> never. he said absolutely not i've got him on record oh, i've got him on record <laughs> oh, rookie error that one never say never um, that's, that's going straight into the time capsule yeah it. no look <laughs> two things i'll say about that though um DJ, absolutely just down-to-earth, solid gold, loveliest bloke you'll ever meet. So I think what I what I love about what they're doing at Mountain Culture is that it doesn't need to be big because it's not about, um, you know, becoming a billionaire and retiring on a yacht for him. It's it's all about the you know, making the beer and the, the passion that goes into it. And for him, I think a lot of it, the job's got to be fun. But the other side of his... Um, innate personality is that he, I think he doesn't like to disappoint people. So if you've got lists of accounts waiting on your beers, you know, please, I want to get your beer. He, he then also said, okay, well, well, we'll expand a bit because I don't want to disappoint those people. But I think it's still at, at the core of it. It's not, um, you know, creating the next stone and wood. Funnily enough, it's one of the great challenges that, Brewers face and next week's beer is a conversation. Um, I, I catch up with Matt and Glenn from uh, Grifter because we visited them three and a half years ago, Pete, when we did a swing through uh, Sydney, and you know they've grown significantly since then, and yet you never see a media release from them. Um, and one of the great challenges is even when you're not chasing growth. If you've if if you've created a brand and a beer that people are actually wanting because people are asking for it, or bottle shops are wanting it, 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 it creates more problems than you can imagine. Not being able to satisfy that demand, um, and it puts there's the same sort of pressures on you that you know, making too much beer that you're unable to sell does in in some ways. So it, it it's an interesting conundrum. So listen out to uh, next week's podcast. Mm. Because also too with that, Matt, the, the thing I always love is that, that there's that magical unknown in there, which is you you can't um, put a, a cost on uh, what it actually takes to expand. It's not just, okay, we'll buy some more tanks and, and brew more beer because then you've got to have salespeople. And then when you've got salespeople, you've got to have the sales manager to look after the salespeople. And then you've got to have, you know, all the rest of it that, that, that goes with it. Um, there's a fine line between being a sustainable, you know, small brew pub or a, 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 you know, venue, you know, brew bar to then, you know, the next step up is not necessarily just 
buying new kit. I, I think the way they described it was, you, you know, you, you, you see the top of the hill in front of you and you get to the top of the hill and there's just another hill, you know. <laughs> like yeah. it, it, it's not the top of the hill. You, you never <laughs> hit, the, hit the, the top of the hill because there's always more cost and more yeah. expansion. And, uh, you know, you, you, you look at stone and wood at the moment where they've, you know, I'm hearing all sorts of things. You know, there's all sorts of rumours out um, uh, around their expansion and, uh, you know, they're growing to a, a 40 million uh, litre facility, but they, you know, they're obviously still going through the same growth challenges and questions that anyone's doing just on a much bigger scale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yes, it does. Uh, the lesson from the story is it takes money to, um, to get that development. Um, oh, Pink Boots and Gage Roads are teaming up for scholarships, Claire. <laughs> they are indeed. So, um, industry organisation um, looking to help us support women in the industry and in their career development, Pink Boots. They've teamed up with Gage Roads uh, to announce 14 uh, scholarships uh, for women across the industry uh, to attend upcoming women in leadership and new leadership programmes through the Australian Institute of Management. Um, and I think that's an interesting one as well because Pink Boots um, definitely identified that growing in management roles um, was something that they wanted to focus on uh, in terms of their members. So um, we'll see how this one goes, but um, we'll put the links to the membership pages and the applications for the scholarships uh, in the show notes as well. So if anyone's listening that wants to go for it, then bloody do it. Four of those places will be for in Western Australia, so presumably yes. for, West, for Western Australian uh, applicants, and yep. then 10 across uh, spread across the East Coast. Indeed, yes. There we go. So uh, all right. Lovely. Just very quick, I just want to throw one. Uh, Crystal IPA reimagines a style. Our New Zealand correspondent, Michael Donaldson. Uh, how do you create a new beer style? Brew something different? Give it a catchy name? Hope it catches on? Oh, and make sure it's an IPA. Um, Urbanaut in uh, New Zealand launched the Crystal IPA um, that... I described it as looking like when I'm washing my beer glasses. It looks like a glass of water with a little bit of uh, detergent um, foam on top. Um, oh, really? Because I saw that and I thought it looked like more of a champagne thing. So I don't oh, know it, what's uh, wrong. It looks like a seltzer with a bit of foam. Um, Urbanaut founder Bruce Turner explains it starts with a super light malt. Then there's some gladiator head retention and raw barley. Activated carbon granules are added to the fermenter, which strip out some of the colour before the beer is run through a centrifuge to get it as bright as possible, before running it through a carbon filter until we get the required clarity we're looking uh, for the colour of water. It's hopped at five stages in the boil, whirlpool, dry hopped before and after filtration with a hop cannon, and then some hop oil is added. So he had a fascination with creating a super clear beer. Um... I don't know, some of the interesting comments, uh, you know, mm. it's, again, um, pushing boundaries, um, experimenting, uh, chasing, you know, the attention of... Ever. Yeah, say, innovating. Well, Giving it a go. It, well, yeah, I, 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 to, to be fair, I haven't seen this one done before. But again, as somebody in the uh, Facebook group said, isn't that, or in, in the Bruce News news group, said, isn't that just a hopped seltzer? Um, <laughs> what did you reply? Well, and I posed the question, well, isn't just a seltzer an unhopped IPA? <laughs> um, you know, an unhopped fruity IPA. Like, does IPA uh, have any meaning anymore? I don't know. Although this is a very pale ale. So, mm. uh, again, I just want to throw that in. You know, obviously there are still boundaries left to push. <laughs> Matt says, rolling his eyes. Well, so where again, are these boundaries? I won't say because I don't know whether the whether it's embargoed, but received a new 
beer yesterday in the mail, which is a cold IPA. A cold IPA? Yeah. So uh, it's described as, and I'll, so I don't want to give away the brew. Oh, no, I think I know what you're talking about. Hang on. Uh, but so it's, it's basically um, they've used a an ale yeast but, but lagered the beer at oh, okay. cool, cooler temperatures. Okay. Um, is that the Bridge Road one? Yes. They're, yeah, they're okay. They sent it out. You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> You're okay. They sent it out on the like a um, consumer list, I think. So we're all good. <laughs> well, the, the only reason I brought brought up that you know Crystal IPA, Cold IPA. Um, you know, if you've got an IPA sitting around and it's just not moving, and you think that maybe um, just changing the name might uh, spark some interest and move some units for you, you'll be wanting labels. You'll, you'll be needing <laughs> to change those labels. And Relling's labels, stickers, and packaging. Um, I know what you're thinking. Well, they only do labels. Well, they don't just do labels for your cans or your bottles. They can also supply printed or blank cartons. They do can trays, tap decals, barcodes, shrink sleeves. And those shrink sleeves, by the way, already applied to empty beer cans ready for filling. You don't need to worry about where you'd find a room for a, a, a shrink sleeving machine. Um, they come uh, ready to go, palletized, just ready to fill, nothing more to do. Oh, well, actually, there is one more thing to do, and that is to dial 1300 852 235 to discuss further. One of our better ones, I reckon. Nicely done, Pete. Yeah, well done. Now, uh, if you need to go, go. But if you want to stay around for more, that's the news. But now uh, let's get into the news, the guts of it, uh, in that little thing we call Below the Fold. And we start Below the Fold with Mailbag. Thanks to New Zealand Ale Trail, we have our mailbag. Uh, head to www.nzaletrail.com or NZ Ale Trail on social media to find the best beer experiences in New Zealand, uh, one of which might be the Crystal IPA. I'm not telling you how do you got to do it. Um, <laughs> NZ Ale Trail, they're the experts. They'll tell you. Well, it'll certainly uh, tell you where Urban Ord is. Um, I'm presuming they're on the New Zealand Ale Trail. I, I, I imagine so. that they are. <laughs> I hope so. Um, but you know, It'll be on their radar, if not on the, on the yep. actual map, I'm sure. Feel free to send us a comment. Uh, I imagine after this one, there'll be plenty of them. Um, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcasting app. Um, we only ask, we don't ask much of you, uh, but it does, look, it costs you nothing but a little bit of your valuable time. And, you know, at the moment, particularly if you're one of the millions of Australians in lockdown, uh, you've got plenty of time. Uh, but it helps other beer lovers discover the podcast. Where do you want to start? Yep, um, mailbag. Well, the, the first there was interesting. Uh, uh, you know, I went on a few tears last week. Um, it's fair <laughs> to say. Um, and yeah, I was, uh, Friday, you know, midday. I got a phone call from a number I didn't recognise, and it was Irene Falcone from Sound Strengths. Um, apparently, already that day, you know, the podcast had only just dropped, and apparently, a sales rep. Hello, whoever you are, you know who you are, um, <laughs> had gone in and uh, reported my uh, discussion about um, Swan's drinks and my exchange with the PR oh, people. I love it. And uh, well, I, I, it, it sounds like either Irene had. Do we need a quick recap of, um, of yes. your well, take on it, like uh, the guts of the. The conversation. Well, mo- most you, of our listeners are more. rusted on, and, and uh, no, but uh, essentially, um, the well, it was after the news, that's all, Matt. So then, yeah, yep, that, that's true. Okay, so yeah. I got a um, media release from a public relations firm on behalf of Sonstrengths suggesting. Sorry, that's my um, uh, suggesting that um, doctors were saying don't drink if you're getting the jab, um, and 
using that as a way to sell um, alcohol-free drinks. And it included a line that purported to say that doctors were encouraging people not to drink if they were getting the jab. The article that was included didn't seem to actually say that, and we had a bit of a chat about it last week. Um, As a result, I got a phone call from... Irene Falcone, wanting to discuss it, and it was a really interesting chat. So I organised some time this week to do record what was initially going to be a little insert into this week's uh, episode um, that we're about to include, but the chat itself went for much longer, and it was a really, really interesting chat. Um, they're covering a lot of the topics that we've looked at with alcohol-free drinks, including some very inter- interesting insights. So here's a little bit of what we talked about specifically about last week, but then if you want to hear the full episode uh, we've recorded it as a bonus edition do you think it's interesting that the media is really caught on on to this because for my first business which was selling natural beauty products mm. i was basically the first person in australia to ever sell natural beauty products and i got a little bit of publicity in the beginning because it was really fresh and really new and no one had done it before but to get more than one or two articles was like really it was a real struggle and, and I, I really couldn't get any publicity for that business. It was really hard. This business, I've got to say, like hand on heart, I know that I have a PR company and I know they send out press releases and I know other beer companies do that as well and it's because we don't have big advertising budgets to be able to do the ads that mm. we would like to do if we were Carlton. Absolutely. Um, so it's the only option we have. However, in Nine times out of ten, the media has come to me. There seems to be a media appetite for the category beyond um, us needing to push it too far. Pretty much, you've made my point, is that the media is uh, dining out on this, and uh, I think it's a bit of an SEO term for them. They've realised that there is interest um, from people hearing about them, and so they're creating content themselves to fill that need. Um, so it, it'll it be interesting to see where it goes. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's interesting to hear how much easier it has been for you to get public relations for this venture over your previous one because that marries with uh, what I'm seeing. Look, it, I think it's a very complicated uh, issue that uh, clearly you're uh, re- reaping the benefits of, which is great. I know. Does that bother you, do you think, on your, your No, but position? I was going to ask, how do you feel about the anti-alcohol groups, the formal anti-alcohol researchers and groups that describe the alcohol-free versions as essentially grooming the next generation of alcoholics. And, you know, the fl- by introducing them to the flavours of the alcoholic product, you're actually introducing them to the alcohol as well, even though it's not. I just think it's rubbish. You know, I mean, I think that um, that just anyone with, I mean, it's just common sense, isn't it? I mean, w- introducing who exactly to the taste like like are they who are they introducing i mean i do have a lot of parents come in i do who are buying beer for their 16 year old sons Mm -hmm. i do and i do they they we do have that conversation in store about that now i'm not for women and not for girls and not for for the wine purely for the beer and they've just said to me outright my boy's 16 turning 17 he's just got his peas he's going to parties and they're drinking beer if he can bring along a non-alcoholic beer, put it in a stubby holder and play along, then I'm proud of my son and that's what I'm encouraging. Um, so that's, I mean, where do I stand on that? My boy's 12, so for me, <laughs> and, you know, and my daughter's 14 and I certainly would not be encouraging them to drink non-alcoholic uh, products. 
I've never sold a product to anyone under sort of 25 years old in, in my store. It, it's always the parents that are having that conversation. So is it a gateway to a 16-year-old for the taste? We're going to drink the beer anyway. We've all been 16. Let's come on. We've all been there. Um, if there was an alternative, why wouldn't you? So that was that was a chat. So yeah, there was so much interesting conversation uh, that, that came out of that. Um, but uh, as you'll hear, back to the point last week, when we were speaking on Friday, um, Irene wasn't even aware of the media release that I was um, talking about. Um, and it was—it sounds like it was the public relations people that sent it out. But uh, yeah, whole whole lot of really interesting stuff, including she's very anti uh, um, these products being sold in supermarkets. Um, uh, so yeah, go have a listen to that, and you'll hear some very very interesting uh, perspectives. Um, so yeah, I think the takeaway for me was look, I, I'm happy to say that I think I was right about the um, public relations driven and, oh, yeah. and the media. The, actually, the, the the other interesting thing that you'll hear is that she said that she'd um, Irene had written a an opinion piece that she'd sent off to a whole range of papers that had willingly talked about the alcohol free trend, um, and it was an opinion piece saying that alcohol free shouldn't be sold in supermarkets. You know, amidst the soft drink and the cordial, <laughs> no one's picked that up. Funnily enough, yeah, which which again you know adds this whole other layer of well, because my first thought was then who are these mainstream media's Biggest advertisers, probably Coles and Woolworths. Coles and Woolies. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I thought, I said to Matt, I was like, "Am I being too cynical?" He was like, "No, <laughs> no. <laughs> you're being all right." This is in, how in the, the modern area. media works, um, <laughs> which is, you know, again, why wh- I'm quietly proud of you know Bruce News having survived when you know my <laughs> other survived. when was that in, in in a world where you know because um, my next tanty was about um, Ben Spoke who you know. Advertisers, you know, supporters of, you know, that they certainly take a subscription. And I had a bit of a tear about their space beer. Um, and that was the other great conversation uh, that I had this week in um, the, the Radio Brews News group um, with Dan uh, from, from Ben Spoke. Again, no criticism about the brewery, no criticism about the beer. Really, really cool project. But, you know, calling it a space beer, you know, was stretching it a little well, bit. Well, yeah. And, and again, like, so. You know the, the the fact that we didn't sort of get angry phone calls from them, you know, pulling you know their their subscription, you know, <laughs> and things like that, just shows how classy, um, yeah. you know, our our supporters are. But anyway, and I think they're used to us as well. <laughs> I think they know. Yeah, and it's all and let's face it, Rich, Rich really. is somebody who's willing to speak his mind. Yeah, um, as well. So you know, um, you know, it's it was certainly no criticism of anything other than the. Uh, the, the, the media release because the beer itself yeah. sounded like a really really cool idea um, and it was for science week and all of those sorts of things mm-hmm. and do you know what I always find the best stories that we end up doing are the ones where we have gone out ourselves but also that we haven't had a media release that we've just they might have come to us they we might have gone to them and just gone what do you think about this I do find that I don't know if there's anything wider in that. But well that's yeah because <laughs> that, and that, well, that's where I was sort of um, parking that discussion about the clear beer and some of the other things is that you know and, and being the first <laughs> and you've heard I, I would love to hear somebody in the cosmetics industry um and yeah well about find, her you know, being the first her ever being doing the, cause I, th- I think her business <laughs> was you know it was only seven or eight when i sort of did a bit of research mm. um you know like the, the business was only like 
you know, less than 10 years old. And I'm pretty sure there were natural cosmetics, you know. Way back when, way, yeah. <laughs> way back when. So for her to stress so much that she was the first doing it, yeah. I, I'd love to hear, because I don't know, but I'd love to hear. But yeah, we're seeing so many brewers trying to say that they're the first, they're, you know, the highest, they're the furthest, they're the palest, they're the clearest. And it's very hard to claim anything that's new. And yet we are in this noise. And, and Bruce News prides itself on being news not noise it's just testament to how competitive and crazy it is out there i think people are getting a little bit not worried necessarily but they're they're like yeah this is we've got to keep an eye on this there's because competitors knocking around how are we going to stand out and then sometimes they might go down an avenue like that saying we're the first etc that doesn't necessarily help them but just gives them a boost in the short term but might not help their reputation it's a little short hit yeah yeah that's it and i think that may not necessarily i think it's maybe just people not i don't know not not experienced or they think that might help in the short term they don't just realize what it means up. in the There's wider a lot industry of yeah yeah absolutely pressure to to stand it. but that's and that's what colors my commentary you know because I mean, let's face it, when I I went back and read some of the Crown Lager, um, you know, Pete alluded to it earlier in the podcast, Uh, Pete, you know, the time is the fifth ingredient and they're going, you know, we only use the finest malt, water, hops and yeast and then time. And you go, well, what about cane sugar? That's an ingredient. (laughs) So is that number six or, you know, and you, you start getting this overreach and when there's a lazy spoon fed industry media um as you know bruise news was a blog so you know we weren't in that position but when there's a media that has a symbiotic relationship with the advertising dollars that brewers put out mm-hmm. and then everybody's too scared to question yeah. the media release it's just really really unhealthy and you know unedifying um it's setting those boundaries as well saying look you know we will appreciate your support but also we reserve the right to do what we think is right and that's why you appreciate us and that's how we have done it but marketers, marketers will get away with what the media lets them oh yeah um and and then everyone then you just get this creep um mm-hmm. that, that, that goes past where you know and none of that benefits the consumer is, is is ultimately the problem and then you get every you know you get the arms race of everyone trying to be more extreme and you know sort of push it and if there are no no one asking questions going, hey, guys, that's not actually factually correct. So anyway, that, yeah, look, that, that, that's just the way we roll, <laughs> for, be- for better or for worse. <laughs> Thank you to the businesses that don't pull their advertising when we, um, you know. We get a bit sassy on the podcast. <laughs> we do appreciate it. If you'd like to have a crack at Matt uh, on any of the topics discussed, you can join our <laughs> Facebook group. Just search Radio Brews News and use the password Soapbox. And Jared has done just that. And is Jared new? I think maybe so, Jared. Yeah, I don't think we've. I don't. I don't think we have Jared from Newcastle. Jared from Uh, Newcastle. Yeah, give us an address so that we can uh, send you out a beautiful bar blade. Thanks to our very good friends at Thirsty Merchants. Actually, we sold our first personalised logoed T-shirts this week as well. Are we allowed to know what it says? Well, yes. Yes, it was the guys from Rallings. <laughs> Never. I was just saying, look, we would have... Like, and they did yeah, their logo ask. and everything. <laughs> and, but it, it kind of missed the point. So, you know, for, for those who haven't seen them, I'm sure most of you have, the. It, it's the Venn diagram that says good ingredients, good brewer, good technique, and in the middle of that is good beer. And then we created a little circle out to the side that says hype. Now, it's not having a crack at hype, but it's just not saying that 
It's not an essential part of making it's, a good beer. It, it doesn't sit in that Venn diagram where good beer sits at the heart of that. And those guys, the, the Rellings guys replaced Hype with Rellings labels. And I said, oh, no, I you know. should put them right in the middle. That, we need a bit of that. If you've got a good if beer, you, then Rellings labels beer, can present it better. You need to put it in a goddamn yeah. can. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, but jump on. And I, if you, I just point out that their, their tactic worked because we're talking about it. Oh, that's very ah, true. They've got a go. second. Yeah, that's it. Also, if they put the logo in, it probably doesn't look like that. You know, it, it just looks like they came up with it. Anyway, mailbag. <laughs> but you, you can go get your own shirt um, and we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes to the cool. Thirsty Merch. And thank you to our good friends at Thirsty Merch who also do our bar blades. Nice one. Um, what does Jared say? Jared says, uh, you talk a bit about la- the lacklustre growth of seltzers in the industry and looking at them in store, uh, could it be as simple as the producer brewers? So I've raised my hand. I don't think we actually have. We we, we referred to other media coverage of yes, what and they were seeing. As like it was and we Boston said it. the other week saying that they had a slightly underwhelming demand for it. But That's right. When yeah. we said it, well, the media misread the, the, the results because it was still growing, but mm. it just wasn't as much as they predicted. So yes. anyway, so um, yes, well, we, we still think that. Right? And rolling into summer, we still have, haven't had our mm. big summer of seltzer. So yes, I, I, I think true. that we're still going to see we'll growth see. here. We'll keep an eye on it. Um, anyway, uh, so he says, could it be as simple as a producer slash brewers uh, trying to cash in on a new product with a wonky name? Who are you fooling? It's just soda water <laughs> by overpricing to the public. Prices, oh, price, okay. Prices around 20 to 20 Twenty-five dollars a four-pack in major retailers, pretty much in line with premixed vodka sodas. Um, some premixed brands are cheaper, and assuming a seltzer's a brew, they are not subject to the alcopop tax. Oh, oh, we've had this discussion. Yeah, no, we? no, we haven't. Yeah. So if you make it like beer, it's yes. taxed as a beer, it's and so you have the lower excise. Mm-hmm. If you put ethanol into you know, uh-huh. flavourings, then it's yep. taxed as a RTD. Okay. And going off my limited amount of homebrew experience, seltzer ingredients are insanely cheap, water, table, sugar, yeast, yeast nutrient and flavouring, and only requires a kettle and fermenter, equipment already found in the brewery. Also, no need to worry about oxidation and brew house efficiency, so it's going to hit 100% every time. Maybe. Um, looking at the US, where they've always just called normal soda water seltzer, uh, the price of seltzers are slightly cheaper than large craft beer, uh, but here... Seltzer price is way above. Comparing two products from the same brewery at Dan Murphy's Four Pines Pacific Ale is $21 per six-pack, but Brooklyn Union Hard Seltzer is $20 a four-pack. Considering the same equipment needed and lower ingredient cost, I think someone is taking the piss. Thoughts? <laughs> and I don't know how Brooklyn Union make theirs. Um, Brookvale Union. Brook, Brook, sorry, Brookvale Union. Um, I don't know how they make theirs, but if it's higher, either it's just a marketing strategy for pricing um, and they can command a higher price for it. Yeah, um, and I do think the four-pack is a little bit of a smokescreen sometimes as well. Because well, it's hard to do the math. It's, yeah, you know, it makes it much yeah. harder then. And also, um, if hard seltzer is going, if you're going for more for the female aspect – like you, a six pack you are in your head is traditionally a beer pack. And if you're going for that market that wouldn't go for a beer, you might want to go for the four pack. Girls might not want to drink as much, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that's, I don't know. It, it is a dodgy one. It is a very strange. It, it Well, it's marketing. Yes. It, it's part of the dark arts of marketing. Shout out to another, uh, another champion bloke, Andrew Twiddell from Four Pines, who I'm sure would be able to shed some light on how the, the Brookvale Union 
hard seltzer is made. Mm. Yeah. Also, I was thinking, um, so if you're having a four-pack for 20 bucks, $5 per can, compare that to a cocktail. If you go out for a cocktail, 10 to 20 bucks minimum, um, that is looking really good, actually. That looks compared to other things that you consider in that sort of region, we're comparing it to beer, but actually in your in a consumer's mind, you might not put no, those I would, two I would have thought, though, that if you're going to compare like for like, you can get, you know, like Aperol spritz or, whatever, you know, like cocktail mm. in a can, yeah. which I would think would be around the 20 to 25 for a four-pack. Yes. Yes, I think you're right. Although, again, they, they tend to be the, the, the you know, daintier, uh, you know, two, 250 mil maybe. Yeah. Mm. Um, so again, it, that may be a bit of marketing there. Yeah, a little bit going on. All right. Anyway, but he, but Jared goes on to say, huge fan of uh, no alcohol beers. I've come accustomed to the thinness now, <laughs> and actually find some um, full strength beers. I used to love overly sweet for my palate. However, I mm. actually enjoy the slightly higher alk of Pirate Life's Point Nine and Dayton's New Age IPA, both sit at Point Nine uh, more than the less than uh, 0.5 uh, NAs. Really looking forward to getting my hands on Brick Lane Sidewinder. Is it true that Sidewinder will become a range from Brick Lane? Pete? I don't know anything about that. Uh, don't think it was discussed at the at the online tasting. But again, uh, keen to hear from our listeners. Uh, mm. Get your hands on uh, the Sidewinder. I was incredibly impressed with it. Oh, um, yeah. You're a big fan, weren't you? <laughs> as, as somebody jumped on uh, last week, I was a huge fan. And if I'm ever in the market for uh, no alcohol beer, it'll be my choice, but I won't be. Um, but that, that was a <laughs> yeah, little bit because really it was a very, very good beer. And uh, yeah. Uh, Daniel Reed in the Facebook group. He was asking about places uh, that do sensory training um, to identify faults in beer that just don't taste right. Um, lots of suggestions, including uh, the Siebel Institute, sell sensory kits, CB, Lion, IBD, Sister and Certified Beer Server, and Homebrew Clubs. Yes, very good ones. I went to a good one um, with Pink Boots as well. Pink Boots did it. You can you can buy paint sets or sensory mm-hmm. kits um, and do them yourself. Yeah. Uh, or contact your local homebrew um, homebrewers group. I reckon would be a good. Uh, I think a lot of I, I think like Mary Mashes down here mm. in Melbourne have, have um, very famously uh, become a bit of a. a little creatures or a Matilda Bay for um, for professional brewers, mm. commercial brewers. Um, I'm sure that they've done tastings before with you know, sensory sensory tastings before. There we go. It's a good one. I do like to be in a in a group, like rather than having a kit to take home or something like that, though, because you know I want someone to tell me that this is. Do you know what I mean? Like I need them to tell me. <laughs> oh, there, there's a lot of nuance to it, and even <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's been discussion in the industry about whether dosing low flavor lagers is the best way to do it because. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it's it's actually the um, challenge of picking the flavours in a fuller strength, fuller flavoured beer yes. like an IPA. Look, other things could hide that. <laughs> and when you look at the beer styles that are most popular in the craft beer industry that have big flavours anyway, um, you know, and, and you, you speak to a lot of um, beer judges um, talking about the flavours that they pick up in IPAs and things like that, that it's much harder, you know, it's, you, you need to be trained to identify it in fuller flavoured beers and not just in the, the, yeah. the light lagers. Maybe starting off with the light lagers and then moving on to, you know, as mm. you sort of develop your palate and you yep. know what it's supposed to be like and then you can tell them. Good stepping stone, exactly, yes. yeah. 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 Also just look at the reasons for wanting to better educate your palate because there's no such thing as, I've judged with thousands of different judges 
none of them have the full spectrum. None of them are experts in every single area. Everybody is everybody's uh, palate and sensory system, olfactory um, system is is different, and just about every uh, be a judge will be blind to one of the the many. So for me, DMS, it's 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 really going to be um, massively large amounts before. Just explain that, that. Uh, for for listeners, um, like that's dimethyl sulfite. Dimethyl, sulfite. yeah, just, just the sulfur. I'm I, glad I that you yeah. said that and not me. I was trying to remember how to pronounce <laughs> it, and I just couldn't do it. Um, or you know, but whereas for me, I'm super sensitive to diacetyl. So if you if you're in another room and you open a beer that's that's got diacetyl in it, I'll I'll pick it up. So <laughs> like from, a bloodhound. So yeah. So for me, there you go. Okay, look, I don't I don't actually enjoy this beer, but it's a well made beer. So you at the end of the day, you know, fault or feature, isn't it, Matt? Well, and it's a, yeah, it's a hedonistic and, approach. What is it? It's a hedonistic pursuit. It, absolutely, and it, it, it's one of the reasons why I think that you know um, well-managed um, beer competitions absolutely have their place in terms of benchmarking quality of beers for faults. But when it comes to a good beer, um, we all have highly unique experiences with anything that we drink, um, and there is no yeah. right or wrong. And it's also it's why I get a little bit cranky these days about brewers, particularly selling this is the right glass for this particular beer um, because the sensory glasses, yes, do enhance all sensory elements of, 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 of any beer, but it depends which sensory elements it delivers to you and whether they're the sensory elements that you're picking up. Um, that And if they're ones that you like. And, and, and ones that you like. And, you know, so I, yeah, I think yeah, that... One, um, one man's fault is another man's feature. Exactly. And you know, I, I think so much of it is about when, when you look at the shape of glasses these days that is has changed drastically um in the instagram world um i I actually Mm -hmm. think so much of the shape of beer glasses has nothing to do with the uh flavors oh Um, no it's got nothing to do with the taste of the beer it's got everything to do with the uh you know the aesthetics aesthetics (laughs) Um, and and i'll go back to god i think it was were you at the crown ambassador tasting um about 10 years ago with jorg riedel pete uh, no, I did a Crown Ambassador tasting uh, separately. Ah, okay. Well, it was it was one that, um, and I, I remember Kiralee was there, and a number of other wine and beer uh, writers were there, and your Greedle from Riedel Stemware, which does a Spiegelau as well. You know, we had to choose from fifteen glasses the perfect glass, and it was, it was high wank, like it really was. <laughs> like, but it was it was a wonderful experience, and you know, so wank's not used. Um, you know, as a pejorative there, but it, it did show the theatre and the um, sensory suggestion that can take place in that sort of environment. But the thing that really stood out for me was that there was one really ugly glass that I'd never seen before. <laughs> um, that was it a welly shaped? It was like a, what I do at uni. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, funnily enough, it was a glass that you know. One of the glasses we had all, all of the stemmed glasses and things like mm. that, and there was just this one that had this hollow base with these sort of curls around it and this odd look, and nobody thought that the beer tasted uh, nice and that it was one of the first ones to to be done, <laughs> but it was Riedel, um, and six months later that exact glass premiered as the Spiegelau IPA glass. <laughs> 
Um, so what what we're now celebrating in the beer industry was a rejected <laughs> wine industry glass, um, <laughs> but it was so distinctive and you, you know it, it happened around the same time that you know camera phones and you know social media was taking off and uh, you know then suddenly they've got the stout version which is a slightly different version of that and it's uh, you <laughs> it sounds ridiculous yeah oh, um, and having it. done tastings um with the ipa glass and the stout glass um you know as many people prefer their ipas in the stout glass as they did in the ipa glass so it's just one of those drink your beer in a glass if it makes it um, better if if the theater of pouring it into a glass and telling your mates this is the perfect glass mm. you know there's a whole lot of studies that back that up but anyway yeah if you've only got a soup bowl go with that if you if you <laughs> drink it from the can around a barbecue on the beach with your there mates you go. it's going to taste pretty bloody good absolutely um, glass or no glass yeah. please no glass on the beach though no glass on no the glass beach on you're going to ruin it for everyone else <laughs> there we go how are we doing how how is that for yeah, a, that was uh, good. a rabbit hole i like that thank you daniel for sending me off on that little uh, <laughs> Sideline. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, and good. on that note, uh, I think it's time to let everyone go back to work and do something useful. I think we've kept it quite sharp this time. Oh, we're under an hour. Still, <laughs> well, still well over the, the cook limit. And <laughs> actually, um, I think it might even be Jamie Cook's birthday today. Oh, um, no way. It is. Just uh, happy birthday, Jamie Cook. Oh, if, if, if you still listen uh, as, in, as you enjoy semi-retirement. I was going to say, he's probably got his feet up and... Isn't paying any attention. He's not paying any attention to us. <laughs> no, He's also happy birthday for yesterday. By the time you listen to this, well, it'll be yesterday. Yeah, by the time it comes out, and yeah. I won't say how old he is, but it's no, still uh, far too young to retire. No, but Jamie, send us an address. We'd, we'd like to send you a birthday barblade. A birthday barblade. I don't think he's got a barblade. <laughs> he's probably got a million he at this stage. He may not. he doesn't have a new one. Now, d- just very quickly before I go. Podcast, uh, the Beer is a Conversation this week, really interesting one. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to listen to it. Dave Phillips of Dave's Brewery Tours, Dave's uh, Tours and Events, Sydney Beer Week, but now he's COO of Shipyard Brewing in Portland, Maine. That's well cool. What yeah, but it's a really, really interesting uh really interesting chat We're about a whole lot uh, going on. But uh, yeah, specifically that... You know, I didn't realise that he'd uh, relocated and that he was invested in a whole lot of tourism businesses in, 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 in the US. There you go. You learn cool. something new every day, even in lockdown. Thanks very much, Matt. <laughs> Thanks, Claire. Cheers, Pete. Thanks very much to Crime Alt, to Relling's Label Stickers and Packaging, to our good friends at New Zealand Ale Trail and Thirsty Merchants for making all this possible. And thank you to you, most of all, um, because without you listening, it's just us talking and um, that's not nearly as interesting as uh, when we get your feedback, which we appreciate. So until next week, I've been your host, Pete Mitchum. This has been Brews News Week, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Until then, drink fresh, drink local, look after yourselves and each other, and wash your damn hands. And we're out. Boom. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation.